Welcome to the Life Point Louisville podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Jennifer McGill. For more information about this podcast and for other resources, visit lifepointlou.org. I'm excited about today. I'm feeling a little, this is just a word in my heart and it's a little different than normal. And so, um, you know, I just told some friends back in the back, I'm like, even if you don't agree with me, get with me today. So just, you know, I just, if you can talk back to me, it's been a really great series so far. I've really enjoyed being in the book of Galatians. Um, the, you know, this whole concept of that, like Sean talked about last week, that we are adopted into his family and that we are his sons and his daughters and that we have freedom from the law and that we are no longer bound to that. It has been really good for me. I've really enjoyed this book. And really what Paul is doing in the book of Galatians is he's writing in response to a problem. So as Sean set it up in week one, that there was this church that had met Jesus and that had crossed into this new gospel, this way of living. And and then all of a sudden they're back living in their old ways. And so Paul has come along and he's like, man, just, you just found out about the true gospel and now you're already living in your old ways you're already back to being bound by the law and there's this foundational truth that we see in what he talks to us and it's foundational to who we are as a church that there are two types often maybe you have seen two types of Christianity and there's this brand of Christianity that um, that does things for God out of delight because there's this internal love that is inside of us that desires him. And so because we desire him and we're his sons and we're his daughters that we seek him and and we're not bound to do that by law, but there's also this other gospel. And maybe you've met some Christians that, you know, they are afraid to do anything and they do things out of this duty. And if I, you know, I better do this because I'm afraid. If I don't, I might go to somewhere that's not so good. And and that is confusing, right? And it's confusing. It can be confusing to new believers and to people that come on to know Jesus. And they're like, wait a minute, I see like, I don't understand. Is it, are we free from the law or are we bound to it? Like, what do we live? And, you know, I think there's a secret that Paul shows us in Galatians that teaches us how we can stay living in this true gospel, that we don't have to swing back and forth between being in the flesh one minute and being in the true gospel, that there's a secret to living that way. But honestly, it's a little unpopular. So I'm gonna talk about some things in Galatians today that's the unpopular part. So it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be a great day. Um, So I have a funny joke just that has nothing to do with anything, but I just wanna make you laugh for a second. So, what does a nosy pepper do? Like a pepper that... <gasps> do you knew it? If you didn't hear her, it said, it's all up in your business. Get it? Yeah, that's what a nosy pepper does. So, there you go. Um, well, hey, we're going to pick up today in uh, chapter 2 of Galatians. Uh, chapter 2, verses 11 through 13. This is in the message version. If you have your Bibles, open up your Bibles with me. It says, later, when Peter came to Antioch, I had a face 
to face confrontation with him because he was clearly out of line. Here's the situation. This is Paul speaking. Earlier, before certain persons had come from James, Peter regularly ate with the non-Jews. So he's here in Galatia, and he has been in relationship with these people who have met Jesus, and they weren't born and raised Jews, but now they have been adopted into this family. And before these people came, he had regularly ate with them. But when that conservative group came from Jerusalem, he cautiously pulled back and put as much distance as he could manage between himself and his non-Jewish friends. That's how fearful he was of the conservative Jewish clique that's been pushing the old system of circumcision. Unfortunately, the rest of the Jews in the Antioch church joined in that hypocrisy so that even Barnabas was swept along in the charade. He's like incredulous here. He's like, I can't, even Barnabas has done this. And so what Paul is doing here is he's calling out Peter because Peter had been with this group of people that had been accepted into the family of Jesus and he had been doing life with them. He had been sitting at the table with them and then these religious people come and they're still trying to push this old way of like to be in the family. You have to be circumcised and aren't we glad we don't have to do that anymore. But Peter is fearful and I think it's really interesting too that Peter was also fearful at the moment that he denied Jesus too. And so there's this thing inside of Peter that is his flesh that keeps him. He's living in the real gospel in one minute and then the next minute he's back into living his old ways. And I think there is something we can do. There's a way that we can live that will help us from swinging back and forth. And I want that for you and I want it for me. I wanna be able to see you guys living for Jesus out of delight, not out of duty, not that you have to do it because you want to do it, because you love people that you're not living a life of judging people because of what they do, but you live a life of loving people. You know, and it's so easy. And I think that's why Paul is talking to Peter. It's just, it's really easy to go from praising Jesus in one second and to being in the flesh in the second. I, I don't know if any of you have to drive your children to school and have to go through a carpool line. Does anybody have to do that? And um, I have met Jesus in more moments of that carpool line than many other moments. But it was a few weeks ago and I was driving Sam to school and we were listening to this Lighthouse Kids album and we were like, this little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. And we're just loving Jesus and we're singing. And so we pull in and there's kind of some unwritten rules in carpool lines, right? There wasn't like a letter sent out that said you should do this, but, but everybody knows, right? I'm just like common courtesy too. But we're when at his school, so we pull in, and, and then he's in preschool, so we have to pull into this parking lot, and then I walk him in. Well, there's this other line that's coming out of parents that, you know, know they're in a rush, and they're trying to get to where they're trying to get to, but I have to cross that traffic to get into this parking lot, and so really, like, I'm sitting there with my blinker on, right, in common courtesy, and what normally happens is somebody waves you in, you know, it's the nod, 
So we're singing, and I'm just like, it's a good morning. And then we're just waiting, and I'm singing, and this little light, and this little, and all of a sudden, I'm like, I'm really frustrated. And it's probably the 20th car that's passed and hasn't let me in. And, and I'm singing, and then I go, Ugh! and I look in the back, and my little five-year-old literally is like, Mommy, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, oh, yeah, you're right. And, and this happens for all of us. It's so easy to go from one moment of just like loving God and listening to him and then the next minute being in our flesh. And so Paul goes on in Galatians 2, 16, and then verse 19, and he says, he's talking to Peter still, we know very well that we are not set right with God by rule-keeping, but only through personal faith in Jesus Christ. And he's like, how do we know this? How do we know? Well, we tried it. You know, we were the greatest of these Jews. We tried it, and we had the best system of rules the world has ever seen. We're convinced that no human being can please God by self-improvement. So we believed in Jesus as the Messiah so that we might be set right, before God by trusting in the Messiah, not by trying to be good. What actually took place is this, when he was doing, when they were trying to live in this way, what actually took place is this, I tried keeping rules and working my head off to please God, and it didn't work. So I quit being a law man. I quit being bound to this law and I, so that I could become God's man. And we all have choices. And there's all, for all of us, there's going to be this tension of living in what God has called us to and living in our flesh. And some days it's really easy to sing this little light of mine and just let all the people go and I'll just all praise Jesus, you know? And then some days it's really hard. And I think there's a secret, and Paul talks about it, and this secret, and what I find even about myself is when I do this and I do this discipline, it is easier for me to let the 35 cars pass and not let me in because I do something that will get me in a place where I can stay connected, and it is not popular, and so just is, is what it is, you yeah? know? Um, but it's in Galatians, and we're doing the book of Galatians. Or the, yeah, so just, you know, here we go. Um, and we care about this because we care about you. And I care about it because I want you to know that knowing Jesus is not just your moment of salvation, and your salvation is secure, and so everything I say today is not about meeting him and go. Your salvation, that eternal thing, is safe and secure, and he loves you, and you have been adopted in, but there's more to this life with Jesus than just that moment. It's a lifetime walk, and it's a place that often is challenging, but I believe if we can do this, it will change our lives for good. And honestly, it's a daily decision that second only to putting your faith in Jesus will be one of the most important things as a believer that you can do. And it starts in Galatians 2.20. If you'll read this with me, and it says, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. 
The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And so here's the secret. We have to learn the art of dying. I don't know the last time you saw a dead person be upset about something. Um, I've not seen it ever. That was a joke. Um, But this is so significant because what Paul is saying here, it's not, you have to look at this order. It's not I live no longer, but no longer I live. This ordering that he puts here, it's the representation of the removal of our ego, our self, as the driving force of our lives. And so what we do by identifying with Christ and dying to ourselves is we're chasing after him. We're changing the focus of our attention to the fact that Jesus lives in us. And so the direction of our lives and the way that we go is no longer controlled by our ego, by what our self says, and it's also no longer controlled by the law. And I know it's uncomfortable, and thank you for those of you that are in on this. Hey, and let me just say this real quickly, too. Like, if you're here today, and, um, and you, don't, you haven't made that decision to accept Jesus into your life, um, this, this message is really for those people who have placed their faith in Jesus. And so please, everyone here, um, no condemnation in this message. No, uh, you are adopted as his sons and daughters, and he loves you. It's just, I'm so glad Dustin sang that song right there at the end. Like, he's a good, good father, and you are loved by him. And so just receive from that place today. But it's a principle, it's all throughout Scripture. And really what Galatians, the whole book of Galatians, the theme is that we would come to this place of freedom, that would allow us to live as God's woman and God's man and not bound to the law and not bound to our egos, but that we would live unto him. And the way that we do that is that we would crucify ourselves daily and live to him, like directionally to him. We see this a little earlier in Matthew when Jesus was here in Matthew 16, 21 through 25, and it says this, from that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, chief priests, and teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. And look at this. This is a good sign of how Peter probably had not crucified himself and he didn't have a lot of God inside of him in this moment because Peter took him aside. He took Jesus, Jesus aside and began to rebuke him. Like, oh my gosh, Peter, you know. Uh, He says, never, Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. And Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. And then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me will find it. It's this kingdom principle that doesn't make any sense. And you see, the disciples at this point, that they really still thought that Jesus was going to be this earthly king 
that was going to um, go and sit on a throne and he was going to overthrow the Roman government. And, you know, he was this Messiah. And if anybody could do it, it was Jesus, right? And they're like, yeah, Jesus, he's going to do all this stuff. But he comes along and in this moment, he interrupts their plans. And he says, no, actually, I'm going to die. Um, what you wanted is not going to happen in the way that you think it's going to happen. And you know, for us, it's a really good clue if we are living totally bound by our flesh, if our plans get interrupted and we don't respond in the right way, that's probably because we're not living what he said you have in, in mind. He told Peter, you have in mind the things of man, not the things of God. And so in that moment, there was just too much of Peter. And there was not enough of God in that moment. He, Jesus introduces this concept of living beyond ourselves. That no longer when we've asked Jesus in to our hearts, no longer are we just living by what I want to do. But we're living according to what he wants to do in us and through us. And that those that would deny themselves, again, it's this weird kingdom principle that those who would deny what their flesh wants and they would seek out what God has for them, that they would then be the ones that would live, that they would be the ones that would find this fully alive life. And I think if we could just understand this discipline of putting to death the things in our life to Jesus, then there's nothing. There'll be nothing that could come in your way that will cause you to step out of this knowledge, this saving knowledge that Jesus has come to this earth to save you and that you are his son and you are his daughter. There'll be nothing that can take you out of that. You know, a lot of us, really what we want often is we want changed situations, right? We pray and we pray and we pray and we pray for changed situations when often what God wants to do is change us. You know, I believe in the God of miracles and I have seen miracles and I have seen him do things in your lives and we want that for you. But here's something that I think we have to get. That if we don't get this art of crucifying ourselves and living unto him, that our situations will change but we'll still be bitter and we'll still be angry in the things that we had prayed for. I heard somebody say this. I don't even remember who it was, but they said, your if onlys can, can often become your idols. And we say, if only this would happen. And if only this would happen when what really who we are living our life towards is Jesus, not our if onlys, not our if only would do this. And so if we could get this art right, that we could die to ourselves then we would live a fully alive life. You see, this is a biblical principle that is all throughout scripture. Romans 6, 6 through 7 says, for we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be done away with and that we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been freed from sin and we can experience that freedom. It is here for all of us, and that's why we want it. And so, so how do we do it? So how do we die well? How do we live this life? I think Paul, what he starts in Galatians 2.20 and how he confronts Peter, 
we see that that actually changes Peter's life. If you go on, maybe you could do some additional reading this week and look in Peter's letters, 1 Peter and 2 Peter, and you can really see a change of attitude in Peter, a change of his thought life by what he lives. And so what does Paul say to do? Well, the first thing is to crucify yourself. It says again, I have been crucified with Christ. And I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. I wonder if any of you in here remember the moment that you asked Jesus into your life. Like if you remember that moment where you said, God, I want more of you. Come and take all of me. I turn towards you. I'm running after you now, God. I want more of you. And I think I propose to you that maybe not about your salvation because that's secure, but maybe we should pray a prayer like that every day. That every day we would say, Lord, I make you first in my life today. First Corinthians 15, 31, it says, I die every day. Not just one time, but I die every day. And so maybe like that salvation prayer, you would wake up in the morning and you would say, God, take all of me today. Lord, I pray right now that my attitude, <laughs> that is nasty sometimes, that it be your attitude. God, I don't want my nature, but I want your nature. I, I, help my eyes to see the things that you would have me to see. Lord, help my hands to do the things that you would have me to do today. Let my feet go where you would want me to go today. You know, in John 3.30, it says, he must become greater and I must become less and less. And so I just started even this week, guys, reading this or studying for the sermon. I'm like really challenged. And I have started every day this week on my face and just asking God, more of you and less of me. I don't want my ego to be the thing that drives me today because it is nasty sometimes. And so our action step with this crucify self, okay, how do I do it? It's humility. And you would just be humble before God. I think you probably heard people say this before, but if you are on your knees and your face is before God, there's nowhere you can fall from that point. So if I can start every day with just, God, I want more of you, I think that is a good step towards helping us in that. The second thing is to crucify my flesh. And so what this means is not my skin, okay? So I'm not saying this flesh, but it's our passions and our desires. And we all have passions and desires. And God puts passions and desires inside of us and he causes us to seek out things in him. But also I have passions and desires that are not always from God. I have, I really do, I'm, I'm being honest with y'all today. I have, sometimes I have a not nice attitude and I think that's not from God. Sometimes I desire to say the nasty thing to the person that cut me off. I really do. And that's not from God, and I think the reality is that we often feel like, okay, well, this is what I am. Like, I'm just an angry person, so I'm just gonna just accept it, and I'll just live that way. I'm just gonna pursue this anger, and I'll, maybe I'll harness it in the right way, but no, I think, like, we don't have to accept that. 
We don't have to accept that. The things that are inside of us that are not of him, that we have to live that way. Look, look, every day, God, do my passions and desires line up with what this says? Holy Spirit, do, do what, what I'm like thinking in this moment, is it you or is it me? Galatians 5, 24, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. You know, he uses this crucified word over and over, and I think it's really important. Paul could have used many words. He could have said killed or like put to death, but he uses crucified, and I think it speaks of some things that are really important to us. First of all, it really, it reminds us of what Jesus did for us. That, that he did come so that we could have eternal life, that we don't have to do anything to earn that. He did it for us. And it reminds us that the death of our flesh is painful and it is uncomfortable and it isn't pretty. And often it isn't what we all want to do, but we are called to choose to work with God to do the same thing to our flesh that that he did all on his own for our salvation. We didn't have to do anything to earn that. And he's just asking us, and Paul's just saying, if you would just work with him, like just ask him to work in your life, that you would put to death those things that don't line up with him, that it would be something that would give us life. You know, there's a beautiful passage in Romans 8 that I think really to me is like, oh, here is like, you know, if you, does anybody have like a secret sauce that you make? Like, you know, this is my secret sauce. No, nobody's a good, you know, my secret sauce is uh, sugar. And so that just makes everything better. But I think in Romans 8, we see like a secret sauce to this. And it says, you, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. And I think what is telling us is that we have everything we need already to do this. That if you are a believer and you have placed your faith in Jesus, that the Holy Spirit is living in you and he is operating in you and you have everything you need to crucify yourself and put to death those things that are not of him. We cannot do it on our own, but we can do it with him. He is our resource. That literally everything that we could ever need is in him. And I just want us to live our lives, not by my opinion, and honestly, not by your opinion, but by what the word of God says, that we would just ask him, that we would start every day and ask him, Lord, is this, is, does this line up with you? Joshua 24, 15 says, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. 
but as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. And so the action step with this one is choices. And that you wouldn't just wait for a feeling, but you would make a choice to live this out. It's an act of our will, it really is. It's an act of our will to serve and live for Him, but we can do it because the Holy Spirit is in us and He's given us the power to do that. And so the first thing I wanna do every day is just to be humble and to be on my face and to say less of me and more of you. And then I'm just gonna choose. I'm gonna know every day that there's gonna be opportunities that come my way that are gonna just like give me opportunity to give in to things that are not of Him. And I'm gonna have the opportunity to say, God, Holy Spirit, let me open this up. Does this line up with you? Does this seem, no, it doesn't? Okay, well, I'm not gonna do that. And the third thing is that we would crucify the world. Galatians 6:14 says, may I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. And I think what Paul is saying here is that part of my life is I have a, I have a world filter. And I think there's just like, all of us need to have a little bit of an exercise where there's just certain things that we don't allow in. You know, I very specifically am not gonna list out the things that I do or don't do because like, you know what that is for you. But I was thinking this morning, I'm like, man, I need to give them this like one example. And I was thinking about, um, you know, a lot of people like, have been fearful and angry in this past season. And um, I was talking to my dad about this the other day. And um, a lot of that for him was because he watched the news all day long <laughs> and um, all day long had it on and was listening to it in the car and was watching it and would be like the last thing he would see before he went to bed. And so he decided like, I'm just gonna like put that away. <laughs> because that was causing him to live in anger and causing him to live in fear constantly. And so you know what that is in your life. You know that maybe there's something that when you are a part of that, it just causes you to get your focus off of, off of Jesus. And so that you would just, again, ask the Holy Spirit that's living in you, where is my line? I don't have to tell you where a line is. I do think that we all should have some line. Um, yeah. You know, the Holy Spirit is in you. You have the Word of God. He gave us those things for a reason so that we could walk with Him. You know, I um, was in college and um, lived... I think I lived my life, my whole life for Jesus. And as a kid and thought I really like had this whole thing figured out. And I don't think I ever did figure out this crucifying myself, my ego. Um, and so I met some awesome friends and um, lived a life, honestly, that was just not great for two years and made a lot of really bad, dumb decisions. And um, I had the opportunity because the Holy Spirit spoke to me and I got my life back on track. And um, I transferred schools and I actually had a lot of consequences because of that. It was a year that in the state I grew up in, they like canceled all ability to transfer scholarships. And I had a full academic ride at this other school and um, had you know my housing paid for and transferred and lost all that. But I knew for myself, like it wasn't, 
that that school was bad. I just needed to like separate myself from the space that I had been living in that was causing me to just make choices that were causing my eyes to stay off of Jesus. And I'm, I, I'm just physically incapable. And, and I like, this is for me. I'm physically incapable of just staying connected to those things and then being able to stay connected to Him. There's just some things in my life that I know that I have to put away to be connected to Him. This isn't to earn my salvation. That's secure. It's just to live to Him. 2 Corinthians 6, 17 through 18, Therefore come out from them and be separate, says the Lord. Touch no unclean thing, and I will receive you. I will be a father to you, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. And there's freedom on the other side of this. The action step here is separation. I wanna read one more thing to you. Galatians 2, 19 again in the ESV version, and it says, For through the law I died to the law so that I might live to God. And often we say like we live for God. Really, we do this to live to Him. That our relationship with Him, it's a directional relationship. And it's not transactional. It's not, a, I do this so that I can earn favor from you. And I do this so that I can get salvation. And I do this so God just, I'll pay attention to me. Like I'm gonna do this so that you'll pay attention to me. No, no, we do these things to live to Him to chase to Him. And it just calls for us to have a continual involvement in shifting the trajectory of our lives from this lateral view to a vertical view, that we would just live to Him. You know, Paul uses the metaphor in another part of the Bible where he talks about running his race, that it was a directional relationship that he had with Jesus that quite literally that we are running to Him. And so we die to sin and we die to self and we die to our flesh and we die to these things to Him. And we work to Him and we worship to Him and we live to Him and we mourn to Him and we grieve to Him and we praise to Him and we worship to Him. We do our lives, we die and we live to Him. And I just want more of Him and I want more of the things of Him and I want that for you. Again, not to earn your salvation. It's really clear on that. We've all been adopted in. We are His sons and daughters. But I want, I want you to have more than just that moment. I want you to have a life that is directionally to Him. Let me pray for you. God, I thank you today <laughs> for your word. God, I pray in this moment that if there has been anything that I said that was out of my flesh, that was out of something that is not of you that might have caused condemnation, I cast that off right now in the name of Jesus, that your word today would bring life, that you would speak life into every person here, God, that you, <laughs> that through you and through the Holy Spirit, through the things that are living in us, God, that we would be able to chase after you because we want more of you. 
And God, every person here today, Lord, that wants more of you, God, that they would just see, Lord, that it's not about trying to earn your favor and curry something from you, God, but it's just, it's just seeking you. And it's just some days it's a walk to you and some days it's a run to you. And God, I just, I pray right now that you would give us the courage and the strength to do everything that you have called us to do. Lord, there are people in this room that you have called to change the world. There are people in this room that you have called to change their families, that you have called to change their work environments. God, that you have set forth a great and mighty and powerful purpose. And so God, I speak abundance on them that as they chase after you, Lord, that you would let them see more and more and more of you. God, we know that that your presence is always with us. Lord, I just pray that as we get less of ourselves and that we remove some of us, that we would just be more aware to your workings that are already happening. Lord, I pray right now, if there's anyone in this room that that hasn't placed their faith in you yet, God, right now in this moment, that they would just know that all they have to do is turn to you and say, God, take all of me. I accept you, Jesus, as my Savior. I accept that you died on the cross for me and that, that you have eternal life for me. And so I turn from my other ways, my flesh, and I turn to you, Jesus, in this moment that those people would be connected to you. And God, I pray for everyone else that, that wants to chase more after you. And that you would just, you would let our eyes be your eyes and our ears be your ears and that our feet would take us where you would have us to go. God, we just, we thank you. We thank you, God, that you don't condemn us. We thank you that there is no condemnation in you, that you do love us and you chose us. God, we thank you that we are your chosen sons and daughters and we get to live this life with you. I don't want to do it with anyone else. And so God, I thank you for who you are. God, you are good. You are mighty. You are wonderful. Lord, we praise you today for there is no one like you. There is none on heaven or earth that can compare to you, Jesus. And it is in your precious, mighty name, the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Well, hey, church. Love you guys. I hope that you can just like, just not walk out of here with any condemnation. And so right now, why don't you just like give yourself a little jiggle, just shake it out, you know, just shake it out and just live the life that God has called us to. We love you guys so much. I hope you have a great day. Thanks for listening to the LifePoint Louisville podcast. If you would like to partner with us in spreading the good news of Jesus, you can give by visiting lifepointlou.org forward slash give or text LCLOU to 77977. Thanks so much. We hope you have an incredible week.